What's up, guys? Welcome back to Propel Talk. We got five and Schmidt. The schedule has been released before we get into the show. The wait is almost over. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet just $5 on any Week 1 football game. You win $200 instantly in free bets. That's by using code BOOT there right at the bottom. Bet $5, win $200 in free bets with DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sportsbook app of Boot Crew Media and the NFL. Let's get right into it. The schedule has been released. It was our, it was basically released yesterday, uh, but the official release was today. I thought the video was fantastic. Um, Schmidt and Five joining us right now. Schmidt, we'll start with you. Uh, let's talk about the first 10 games because that is a really tough stretch to begin the year. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And what do the Pelicans, where, where do you, the Pelicans need to be, what, 500 and better during that stretch? Was that your opinion there, the first 10 games? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's hard to prescribe them a win total for, for the first 10, especially, like, you know, as long as they're not 2 for 12 and 3 for 16 uh, to start the year, you could pretty much say, hey, maybe they'll be able to, like, dig their way out of anything. But you're right. It's not the most ideal first stretch of games, but I also don't mind seeing some of those tougher teams early. Um, you know, they're they're probably coming off of long off seasons because they were they played deep into the postseason. It's going to take some time to gel uh, like Brooklyn right out the gate. We have no idea what their team's going to look like there. Is KD even going to play? Is Ben Simmons even going to play? Um, and they're trying to incorporate some pieces. And, and I actually like that matchup uh, a lot for the for the Pelicans. And then, um, you know, seeing the Warriors early, seeing uh, the Lakers and all that. Again, just a lot of moving pieces. I don't mind seeing that um, early before they're peaking, before they've hit, really hit a stride. Yeah, you know, five, they're making um, – a lot of fans are making a big deal that first stretch. Is it – I mean, I kind of agree with Schmidt there. Is it that big of a deal to see these good of teams, playoff teams, early on in the year? I feel like it's a good thing that you're seeing um, these kind of teams early on in the year. Uh, I can agree with, with Schmidt there, but I think if this was last year's team, we'd, we'd be, you know, kind of like star starstruck for a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah we might be in some, some trouble, but this is – Brandon said he wanted to play in bigger games. Hey, here you go. Start your season off that way. This is going to dictate, you know, your season for the, at least for the first half, you know, tell me what you want. You say you want to be a playoff team. Well, show me this is the beginning of the year. This also puts an onus on the team to be ready when the season starts, like to be in shape as much as you can. You know, you still need your, your to be in game shape. You need to play at least 10 games to do that. But this this shows you like you have to come to camp prepared, ready to play the preseason games as well. You have to be ready to go when the season starts. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point from both of y'all. And Schmidt, you had mentioned uh, in a tweet earlier today, uh, you had mentioned that the Pelicans have 12 back-to-backs this year, which is tied fewest in the NBA with nine other teams. How does that actually work uh, with the scheduling and the back-to-backs? Um, and then also, you know, kind of elaborate on – you know, the Pelicans, it looks like they got a break there uh, in the schedule with only 12 back-to-backs this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot that goes into the scheduling process from uh, how far the teams are having to travel, who's playing 
um, at what venue are, are the venues rented out for concerts and other stuff, you know, just there's, there's a lot that goes on and then there's a big algorithm involved. And then there's like a, a few schedule makers behind the process as well. But um, the NBA year after year after year is trying to cut down on these back-to-backs and um, the trend over the past 10 years gets smaller and smaller and, and some teams get, jit right you know there's there's teams this year with 15 back-to-backs but if you look at it the pelicans have 12 the teams that are getting a jipped have 15 so it's only three more right um there's been times where we're in the past like teams have had like 17 18 back-to-backs they've had that compressed season where there was even more and and so the pelicans not having that many back-to-backs i think it's fine i mean i don't think it's going to be like game breaking I, I i honestly think the back-to-back thing is a little bit overrated um i'm not sure teams these days are performing drastically worse on the second half of a back-to-back unless there's like a major travel involved um and they're getting in like at 4 a.m but a lot of time these teams are staying over the night on a back-to-back and flying out in the morning getting their full night's sleep and then um continuing about their business yeah and 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 five i thought there was some interesting these aren't technically back-to-backs but you're gonna be in the same city for three to four days um, it starts with Phoenix, where late in December, maybe not, maybe early in December, uh, my internet is out. I wish I had the schedule in front of me. I don't. I'm going through memory and notes. But um, Phoenix, you're going to play them three times in eight days. Uh, I think it starts in December, where they play a Friday and Sunday uh, at home, and then they go to Utah for two, uh, and then they go back to Phoenix. So, you know, that that's an interesting part of the schedule there, where you play Phoenix uh, Friday, Sunday. Then you travel to Utah, play Utah twice, and then go back to Phoenix. Yeah, very interesting. It I have the schedule. It's the ninth, you were correct, to the seventeenth. That's those five games and that stretch. Scott, it kind of tells you like it's I don't want to say make or break, but it's a difficult part, right? Because yeah. Phoenix is a of course a a team that can beat you and, and you've had a really good you know series before. It's back to back, and then you got to go to Utah, which you know isn't a gimme either. Well, maybe this year, but who knows? Who knows what that team looks like? And then you got to go back to Phoenix. There's probably going to be a couple moments in this season where this is going to be a a moment in time where it's going to dictate your season. I think this is one one of those pivotal points. I actually like the fact that you know you kind of play a game like like baseball has series. I kind of like the fact yeah. that you play the same team twice in a couple of days that way it's not as taxing like hey man let's get these out the way while we can um let's flight travel i think pills the pills are like you know fifth lowest or sixth lowest on the the flight travel scale i think that's i think you probably retweeted that shimit um but these i actually like that feeling i wish the nba would do this more like have that baseball feel where it's, it's more of a series kind of thing rather than just you know playing these teams a couple weeks prior to each other yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Five, with the baseball thing, because, Schmidt, you've been seeing it a little bit more, and I don't know if the NBA's been trying to implement it more and more, but Phoenix, we did it, I think, in the pandemic season, where we were actually in a Utah, like, on a Friday, Sunday. Has the NBA started to do that a little bit more, where they kind of, like, want to pivot a little bit to reduce travel and then also play two games in one city? Because, you know, Phoenix has to come to New Orleans twice. Why not just get this out of the way? Uh, in one weekend is is the NBA kind of pivoting more towards that yeah I mean there's no downside to it right there's there's less travel costs in terms of making multiple trips to the same city there's less COVID exposure going on because you're 
limited to those kind of stuff. There's less uh, of a global carbon footprint when you're reducing um, miles uh, that the, the league is traveling in. So there's just absolutely no reason not to continue to do these. And I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger in the terms of like, you're going to see teams going out to LA and uh, playing four games, you know, Lakers, Lakers, Clippers, Clippers. You're going to see the Brooklyn stuff. You're going to see East Coast stuff. So I think as the years progressed, uh, more and more of this stuff is going to happen to make the schedule more favorable to teams and um, easier on the travel. But I think there's a couple interesting things. Uh, one thing I tweeted about is seeing Memphis three times before the new year. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is out. We're not sure for how long, but uh, I think that's kind of big, seeing an opportunity to play a division rival early, potentially steal a tiebreaker, right? If you can go 3-0 and in those games, that's the tiebreaker. And um, that's big coming coming for, for playoff seeding. And um, if you're optimistic, that's big when it comes to home court advantage. <laughs> Yeah, especially especially playing a team like Memphis, right? Where you know we've actually played them really well um, with and without Zion, uh, and they play really well with or without Jaron Jackson or with or without Ja. Um, I actually think there are rivals. I know NBA the NBA has a rival week. Uh, I guess that's a mimic off of the rivalry week in college basketball, but they have a rivals week. But we're not a part of that with the Grizz. I I would love I would have loved to see us play Memphis. Uh, you know, for Martin Luther King Day, that would have been great. I think us to write up 55, this could have been a, you know, a, a staple, but I don't know if they missed a the mark. What I do want to talk about is the Pelicans organization. I'm always critical of the marketing. I, I, I really am. I know I am because I can see there's there's points where, where we miss. Today, you guys got it right. Like, that was super awesome. That was cool to see. Uh taking a negative and turning it into a positive, including both parties and including the city of New Orleans culture. Bravo. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they, they knocked it out the park and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's universally understood what's going on because it was such a big story at the time when it happened and everyone made such a big deal about it. And and to be able to look back at this time last year, to where this story was actually taking place and people were flipping out like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Like, where is this season headed? Is Zion even going to be a part of this team for a long time? All of that noise. And then now you're looking at this offseason where it's the total opposite, where Zion has signed. He's locked in um, for for the next six years. And then they're looking back and making fun of everything that that went on. So, you know, I tip tip my hat to them uh, that they made this happen. So good, good, good for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I think all of us want to see this relationship mended. Uh, I think this is a great, you know, second or third step. And money always fixes problems, don't it? Don't it? Money always money, fixes and problems. then winning. So oh. so, um, and and that's a good segue back to the schedule a little bit because uh, the Pelicans have an average strength of schedule for for the season. Um, their first half is tougher than their second half. I think. From the trade deadline onwards, they have about like the sixth or seventh easiest schedule, maybe eighth. I think that's kind of huge because a lot of time after the trade deadline, teams are shutting players down because of uh, draft reasons. And there, there's teams that are in the playoff race that are resting their guys a little more because they feel like they have the cushion they need to maintain their seating. A lot of injuries are accumulating at that time. So I always prefer, um, you know, I like having an easy schedule to start. Uh, 
it would have been nice to have for easy first 10 to come right out the gate and establish your footing and get that confidence, right? I think it's different when you're playing with that level of confidence instead of playing catch up. But it's also very nice to to finish the year strong. Though I think the last like the five of the last six, is it four of the last five are at home? Um, but they're not easy teams, you know. So let's take a look at that for a second. So it's the Clippers. Um the Clippers second. Yeah, so they could be they could be either resting their dudes at that point. Paul George and Kawhi could be done, or they because of the play in, they could be in a situation where they have to to continue to to play those guys just because like I mean the Clippers were on the play in last year, so you don't know what kind of mode they're going to be in. Sacramento again because of the play in could be really going at it, and and I think Sacramento is one of those teams that's going to be friskier uh, than usual this um, this time around because. Uh, they they got Sabonis. They added um, Kevin Herter. They they drafted Keegan um, Murray. Keegan. So I think I think they have some good additions to where they're not going to be abjectly awful. Now it's very possible at, at that point their playoff hopes playoff hopes are done and they're in full tank mode because it is a stacked draft class. But you know um, it's something you got to look out for. Then you got Memphis, New York, and the last game is at Minnesota. So like. Theoretically, all of those teams are going to be in the playing pitcher, or, or at least trying to be in the playing pitcher. Are you concerned um, that those last five games are with that kind of with those kind of opponents? I mean, they're they're all borderline playoff contingent teams. Everybody's going to be gunning for it. I mean, at that time, you you may know you may know where a team sits and where they where they want to go because of the stack draft class. Everybody's shooting from the kid from. Of France, right? Like everybody wants him, so you know they're probably willing. But but I think Sacramento is in full like go mode, right? They're at the point where we made all these trades. We just they want to be where we were last year. They want to at least eat, get into the play in, you know, see some kind of success. I think they're on the streak of what seventeen years straight where they haven't made the playoffs. Too many years, right? Right. It's something something crazy like that. So. I, I would assume that they're they're probably going to go for it. Memphis is going to be there. I'm not worried about New York, Minnesota for sure, right? So these are all teams, and these are all games we we would want to win, especially if you if we have momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think the home like four of those games being at home is huge because that gets the like we all saw what the crowds at the Smoothie King Center were like uh, last April. Uh, leading up to the playing game, not even like just the playing game, leading up to the playing game, like those environments were crazy. I think that really sets the tone in the city. It gets the fan base going and prepares you for the playoffs. And so it, it's nice just from that standpoint, having that kind of energy in the building um, is, is is pretty solid. As, as outside of that, um, I didn't find too many like super interesting things. I think like playing the LA teams later in the year, um is i guess kind of notable uh it could it, it's so difficult to predict where things are going to be at with those yeah. teams just because they have such injury prone players um but uh you know it also gives the pelicans some time to find footing of their own and and figure out what they're going to do with their with their roster i i also like to look at um dates around like where major trade uh like trades are are, are allowed so like december 15th is usually a, a totem date when it comes to players being allowed to be traded. Um, I think if you sign a, a contract this summer, December 15th is often the first time many of those players are allowed to be traded. At that point, uh, the Pelicans will be in that weird Phoenix, Phoenix, Utah, Utah, Phoenix, 
uh, stretch, and, and they'd be at Utah on December 15th, which could be interesting given pending Donovan Mitchell um, trade trade stuff. You know, they I – don't, I, I don't know if there's a team that ends up uh, securing a trade for Mitchell by then, but, you know, that would be a time for them to add salary uh, if, if they needed it. Um, and then the trade deadline, I actually don't remember what time it is uh, this year, but um, I assume it's still going to be like early February. And at that time, the you know in early February, the Pelicans are facing Dallas, um, the Lakers, uh, Sacramento, and Atlanta and Cleveland. So um, again, a mixed bag in terms of teams. I don't really see. Uh, I mean, maybe Dallas is, is super good that year. Maybe but at that point, maybe the Lakers are super good, but also a good chance that those teams are holding out some players because they're they're looking to upgrade coming to the deadline. Um, and last thing I want to point out, Schmidt, your 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 you know your last tweet was um, Pels once again more nationally televised games. I think they're at eighteen, but more than the Bulls and more than the Knicks, which is kind of funny to funny to think about. Um, you know, Golden State leads it at forty two, which is a huge number. Lakers at thirty nine. Do you think later on in the year, if the Pelicans are obviously are in the race and stuff like that, they'll get flexed to more primetime games with Zion, B.I., C.J., et cetera? Yes. I mean, if they are, right? It, it, but winning is the single thing that yeah. will dictate that because if they stink, they'll get flexed off the other way. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of saw that with the Lakers where the Lakers and the Knicks were getting flexed uh, last year. And, and while, you know, as long as LeBron is healthy, like they'll try to keep the Lakers on TV as much as possible. But if he's not playing, you know. Uh, right. No yeah, I agree. Five, you know. times play Taylor Horton, Horton Tucker like that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I saw I, that last I, year. You, you got to think uh, LeBron's going after that Kareem record. So a lot of those yeah. games are probably going to be dictated towards that. Even sure. if he, he isn't on, if he's close, he's probably going to get flexed on for, for the nation to see that. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. If we win, we'll probably get more games. It's it's all about. I guess you kill what you eat, right? Right, eat what you yeah. kill. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask this, then sign off though, because you know Bally's obviously dropped the bomb today on us, and we're not we're not getting into that. But do you really care for the nationally televised games? Do you honestly? Does it does it? Does it, probably, it do you really I, care about it or not? I'll go first. Uh, they probably care the team. The players, they probably care more than, you know, us fans. We just really want to watch the game, I guess, us being locally. But they probably want to be seen by more than just, you know, Valley Sports. They probably want to be seen on a more national level. Hence, if you go back to my other video, you know, if I guess if teams or people or voters saw, like uh, Doris Burke said, if she saw Herb Jones more, then she probably would have voted for him for all defense that she wanted to change her, her vote. Because of the game she she broadcasted. If she's on the broadcast and she sees that, then who knows how that goes. And I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. If you see more, you get more. Yeah. I mean, Shabet, we get more of Joel and uh, AD, which is always a good thing. But I mean, to, to Five's point, that's a really good point because a lot of people didn't know about Herb Jones. Yeah. I mean, like, I think if the question is, does it impact my personal happiness in any way? No. Um, I, I, I don't care. I will watch the Pelicans games regardless. So it doesn't matter to me like what medium they're on. Um, but you're right from a business standpoint. I, th I think it is a double edged sword, though, because they've had a couple of years where they had a lot of those games and no one was healthy. And it was just constantly like when Zion leaving, is he in shape? When's blah, blah, blah. And, and they hate that stuff. Right. They hate that attention. And then obviously when the, the crowds at the Smoothie King are are not as great because the team isn't doing well and it's not healthy and that's also a national tv 
um, the team also doesn't like that. So I know in years past they've they've you know they've been grateful that they've had those games, but also been like, all right, like yeah, this isn't where we want it to be, and we didn't ask for this, right? And the NBA kind of tried to shoehorn Zion as the guy that's going to uplift their ratings because going into the COVID and and coming out of COVID in the bubble year. Um, the NBA did struggle a bit when, when it came yeah. to, to viewership and they were, they were searching for, for solutions and they're like, well, is Zion going to be the guy? And they, they put a lot of eggs in that basket and, and it didn't work out for them. And, and so I think the Pelicans still have a, a good amount of games and it'll be nice if they are good this year and everyone can see it because as much as I like the fact that people know who Herb Jones is, I want people to know that Herb Jones can be that guy on a 55 win team, you know? Yeah. No, great points. You know, five and Schmidt always thank y'all for joining the show. Um, we are a month of, about a month away from training camp. So exciting stuff. But once again, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to have to do this again. The wait is almost over. The new football season is about to begin and the basketball season. Uh, get ready for NFL week one action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers I can't miss offer bet just $5. You instantly win $200 on any single bet of NFL football. Use code boot call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You must be 21 years or older and physically pre- present in the state of Louisiana and parishes only uh, bonuses issue as free bets. Once again, Schmidt five going to have a lot more coverage coming here. Sorry about the internet issues. Y'all know how, how Cox works uh, out here in the city. So uh, once again, we'll see y'all later. Appreciate it. Like, subscribe, share the, uh, share the video and uh, we'll see y'all later. Way. It was a finger roll of anything. <laughs> that, that, that's a dunk.